Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Victoria. Thank you for joining me here on this, what is, episode 76, Fifth Estate podcast, Thursday, 20th of October. October 2022. Oh, oh boy. Um, kicking it off, Lydia Thought resigns from Green's leadership team over relationship with former bikey boss. Now, Lydia Thorpe, uh, anyway, whatever you want to say about her, um, she was attending a major um, briefing uh, on uh, a federal police operation, uh, this was she was part of a uh, I think it was Senate committee that was talking about organised crime. Uh, was on a joint parliamentary law enforcement committee, uh, and and obviously that they were talking about matters of national security uh, and things relating to federal police operations. But at that time, Miss Thorpe was. In a relationship with a former bikies boss, uh, Victorian Rebels President Dean Martin, uh, who's the uncle of AFL star Dustin Martin. Anyway, um, and so no one said anything about it. This was in May of last year. Um, obviously, it's the thing is that these the evil class thinks they're above the law, whatever, you know, laws apply to the rest of us, don't apply to them because they are the ruling class. Uh, but, I mean, who, how could she not think that that was the wrong thing to do? And, you know, it's the thing, and I'm, I'm not saying that it, it did happen, though, you know, what happens if there was... Um, for want of a better term, a little bit of pillow talk where, you know, did Ms Thorpe divulge any information that they shouldn't, or you know, that they shouldn't have access to, um, you know, and I think it's questions that, that need to be asked and need to be answered and most importantly, when did Adam Band find out about it and what did he do about it? Uh, because if he didn't find out till today when everyone else did, well, then he's a pretty crappy leader of the party uh, and that she should be booted from the party because she didn't disclose things that would have an impact on her job. Now, and if he did know about it in, uh, what was it, May last year, then I think he needs to resign as well. But, you know, I'd love to see the whole lot of them resign because I don't think that they serve any purpose in Parliament. They're not a uh, genuine third party they're just pushing a a Marxist, socialist, communist agenda, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a thing. I mean, you know, they'll never tell us. Um, they will say that you know nothing was done wrong. But anyway, having a look, it does say uh, that. Uh, I think she's still friends. There you go. Green Senator Lydia Thorpe said she remains friends with Dean Martin. Um, 
Opposition leader Peter Dutton said Senator Thorpe was not fit to be in Parliament, saying you cannot receive confidential briefings on bikings during the day and then sleep with bikies at night time. Uh, he said he has never seen anything like it in his 20 years in politics and called for Greens leader Adam Bant to kick her out of the party in Parliament. Adam Bant needs to step up to show leadership now because she has no place in the Parliament with this sort of conduct. Under the Act Governing Committees, MPs and Senators are required to disclose conflicts of interest and could be held in contempt of Parliament for failing to do so. Now, that would be interesting to see if the Labor Party's game enough to uh, put a motion forward uh, holding her in contempt and then what would be the penalty for that. Um So, yeah, it's, oh, there you go. But Green's leader, who on Thursday revealed he had asked for and received Senator Thorpe's resignation as deputy leader in the Senate, insisted he only became aware of the issue following media inquiries. Uh, At a minimum, Senator Thorpe needed to disclose to me her connection to Mr Martin and her failure to do so showed a significant lack of judgment, Mr Bant said. Um... So anyway, it's, oh, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's the thing. I mean, and, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's play devil's advocate for a moment. I mean, you know, why is Parliament saying what um, two consenting adults can and can't do with each other? Um, but... This one, I don't know. I mean, I think Parliament has uh, two broader powers, uh, though I also think that they don't have enough, which is potentially contradictory, though I think at at, at this point in time I th- both things are true. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see their, the parliamentary committees have more power, especially to grill... Uh, and even to uh, dismiss um, certain bureaucrats. I'd love to see this at the state issue, uh, state level. Uh, I'd love to see all the bureaucrats dragged before genuine hearings uh, to talk about their conduct, though yep, I can't imagine that happening anytime soon because they are the establishment and the establishment will always protect itself. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I just think that, yeah, it just shows you the the utter contempt that Ms Thorpe has for the institution that she is part of. So, anyway, moving right along. Uh, following on from uh, something I had a little bit of a rant about yesterday about vaping uh, and all that sort of stuff, there's an article in the Daily Mail how an Aussie teen was hooked on vapes aged 14 with dodgy Chinese-made devices flooding into the country as she revealed the subtle signs of addiction that her mum totally missed. Uh, she got hooked on vapes as a 14-year-old inhaling 3,000 puffs a week. Jeez, that's a lot. Because what is it? Let's say you're doing it seven days a week, so that's what, 400 a day? Uh, 400... Let's say 429 a day. 
So you divide it. How long, how long you awake for? Let's say, what you get up at what, eight o'clock in the morning. You get to bed at what nine o'clock at night. So you're up for what about thirteen hours? I'm talking about school kids. Um, so let's say they're up for thirteen hours. Uh, two hours of that, you'd be at at home. Well, actually, no. What eight o'clock? Maybe you leave for school at eight thirty. Get home about three thirty. So potentially for say eight hours divided by eight. No, that couldn't work. Fifty. No, that's one one a minute. But man, oh, I don't know. It, 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 I think that's a lot. Um, oh, there you go. Seven devices around her bedroom. Uh, a teenager described how her addiction to vaping led her to hiding seven of the devices around her bedroom and inhaling about 3,000 puffs a week. Um, so she's 18 now. She's in the process of beating addiction and spoken out to highlight what has in recent years become an epidemic as millions of the devices, mostly manufactured in China, away from Australian regulatory safeguards, flood the country. Um, yeah, it's, it's the thing. I mean, this stuff shouldn't be peddled towards children. Um, anyone that does peddle it towards children ought to be locked up in a little box, uh, for that one. Though, you know, it's the thing, as I've said yesterday, adults, yeah, yeah. Children, nope, nope. 18 is the age limit and anyone that does peddle it or pushes it to kids, Let's put them somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. This this is what we're heading towards. Uh, you know, people will say, "Oh, you know," but the whole gateway drug is just a myth. Well, I don't think it is anymore because more and more members of society are using that as a, as an escape or a crutch or whatever you want to call it to try and uh, deal with particular stresses and things that are going on in their life. So, yeah, I, I think this is only going to get worse before it gets any better. Now, speaking of things getting worse before they get better, the bomb, the Bureau of Meteorology, is spending $220,000 for a controversial rebrand. Now, they want us to stop calling the bomb the bomb. Um... So, yes, it, this is the thing. It was uh, – um, the back down came two days – so they've backed down on this. Uh, the back down came two days after the agency asked media outlets to update their editorial style and came less than 24 hours after it was revealed. The refresh cost more than $220,000. Uh, so they wanted to be referred to as the Bureau of Meteorology rather than just the bomb. Uh, so, I mean – yeah, I mean, they, they can't get the weather right most of the time. Um, yet they're wanting to focus on a brand, call themselves the Bureau of Meteorology. I think this is one of those one of those moments where you think, yep, we've lost our minds. Um, I mean... Who thought, I mean, the minister would have had to have signed off on that or someone would have had to have signed off on that. And, I mean, why? Why is it a bad thing for the bomb to be called the bomb? 
Uh, anyway, it's yeah. Uh, is it spending money for money for spending sake? Oh, man, I don't know. As I said, that big broom's got to be taken to every department. Um, so yeah. And now, also speaking of <laughs> shaking heads and and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the PR firm that represents the safe inject, quote unquote, safe injecting room in Richmond has sparked criticism for donating two thousand dollars to Victorian Labor, and yet, as should be no surprise to anyone else, neither party thinks that there is anything wrong. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um. What do they call it? MSIR? Was it? Um, there's a paragraph down here. Uh, State government, this is a matter for Michelson and Alexander. Uh, We've established the MSIR to save lives and change lives. Since opening, it has saved at least 44 lives and safely managed more than 5,900. Um. Mm. I reckon that that's a dubious number. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just the thing. I mean, it just shows that there's a massive conflict of interest within the Labor Party. That you know, it's essentially people are buying support. So the more money you've got, hey, the more money you'll be able to get. You know, give in return, and the more support you'll get. But, it just shows you that there is something wrong with our political system that, uh, you know, an organisation like that can, you know, freely and decide that it's a good thing to give money to the Labor Party. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 just, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, uh, what else is there tonight? Uh, Okay, here we go. Supreme Leader Andrews, in one of his statements, uh, is it today? Uh, He's putting power back in the hands of Victorians. If you believe that one, I've got a bridge to sell you. A re-elected Andrews government will bring uh, government ownership of energy. Will bring back government, delivering cheaper power bills and lower emissions by putting power back in the hands of Victorians. Um, so what they're going to do is they're going to invest a billion dollars to uh, revive the State Electric Commission, Electricity Commission and as part of that uh, we will deliver, uh, supposedly going to deliver 4.5 gigawatts of power, the equipment, uh, the equipment, the equivalent replacement capacity of Luoyang A through renewable energy projects. Um, oh, here we go. The state will have a controlling interest with the balance of funds, funding invested from like-minded entities such as industry super funds, which are union super funds, um, who are focused on a fairer deal for Victorians, not just profit, profits. Unreliable privatised coal will be replaced with clean government-owned renewable energy. Well, that's a load of bollocks there because we know this renewable energy is not clean. Uh, if he's got wind farms, then the blades have to be done, you know, have to be buried somewhere when they outlive their usefulness 
And I'm hearing more and more reports or commentary around that, that the with the limited lifespan of the blades is that they're still, they're not able to recoup the energy ex, uh, expenditure that, you know, the, the energy that it was used to create them, let alone uh, replace anything. So they start with an energy deficit and still don't make it up and then they get buried in the ground. Um, so, yeah, and then he's talking about solar panels. Uh, you know, the rare earth minerals come from Chinese controlled mines. The chips are made lot, most likely in China. Um, and then, you know, the solar panels are, uh, are um, manufactured in China. And then when they're of no use, what happens to them? They also get buried. And then there's the potential for them to leak those chemicals into the, uh, the water table and the environment and, and everything like that. So, yeah, you know what, yeah, I think you are fooling yourself if you think that the uh you know quote unquote renewable energy is clean so yeah it's this is the, i mean you have to ask yourself i mean why doesn't he just turn around and say that hey i need to give china this much money this is what i'm going to do because they have bankrolled me shutting you down for the last two years so i need to start paying back the money that they've given me but instead, no, oh, we'll pretend to do something to help the people of Victoria. Like buying how many millions of rats? Are they rapid antigen tests or whatever they were called? They all came from China. So it's the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Um, I, you know, I just have to be at the point where you just shake your head. Um, as I've said, the time to come is November. Uh, a little bit over a month away, vote out the uni party, vote in those uh, genuine independents or minor parties that uh, you support and that have uh, something that you agree with. Now, uh, you know, it, it's a thing. I haven't seen uh, any of the minor parties mention one of my little soapbox issues, so I'm, I'm not going to mention it again because I don't want to get too fired up for this one. But, yeah, it, it's a thing there. They're all waffling on about everything else apart from the issues that, that really uh, impact us. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. You have to ask yourself, are we, <laughs> what is going on? I mean, are we deliberately trying to sabotage ourselves? I mean, uh, is is the state worth saving? Is, is politics worth saving? Is you know, Western society worth saving. Um, you know, don't know, don't know. But anyway, um, following on yesterday's uh, thing about that uh, lockdowns weren't so good after all uh, with the, you know, 1,600-ish uh, deaths from alcohol and all that sort of stuff, another report has come out criticising the government's response and it had a couple of findings um mistakes economic support uh should have been provided fairly and equitably lockdowns and border closures should have been used less schools should have stayed open older australians should have been better prepared recommendations strengthen crisis preparation planning and testing establish an expert body and trusted voice on public health now this is the thing so it's about establishing a propaganda arm which i don't agree with 
um, don't agree with many of these things. Improve government decision-making through broader advice and greater transparency. Enhance public service collaboration, capability and communication. Modernise how governments use data. Build a culture of real-time evaluation and learning in the public sector. Uh, key facts. COVID death rate for people born overseas was 2.5 times as high uh, as for those born in Australia. Um, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of, of stuff in there, but it's it's a thing. I mean, you know, and, and obviously Supreme Leader Andrews has said he did nothing wrong. Uh, let me find his quote. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's one of those times where you just want to sit him down and, and yeah, give him a bit of a touch-up. It's a 97-page review funded by Paul Ramsey Foundation, John and Miriam Wiley Foundation and Andrew Forrest Mindaroo Foundation. Um, okay, Supreme Leader Andrews says he isn't much, he is instead much more focused on the future. I think the report is written by a bunch of academics and that's fine, that's their job. There was nothing academic about COVID-19. There was nothing academic about the fact that we had to have lockdowns because we didn't have any vaccine. Now, let's remember the vaccine did SFA. It didn't stop transmission, it didn't stop you getting it and it didn't neutralise it. So what did this vaccine do? Uh, There was nothing academic about doing everything we could, very difficult decisions with real impacts to save lives. Yet remember from yesterday's one, what is it? Uh, The Wu flu was the 34th leading cause of death in Australia. Uh, So, you know what? I think if you want to save lives, I think you should be worrying about the 33 things that were before it, before you get on your little, you know, um, whatever it is that you're on. Um, but he said, Mr. Andrews confirmed he has yet to read the report. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, and this is the arrogance of him and the incompetence of the social, uh, of, of the social media, of the corrupt corporate press not to push him on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, you know, it, it, but this is the thing and, and it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay calm but it's, you know, th- this person does not give a whoopty. He does not care about saving lives. He's not interested in saving your life. Um, all he's interested in is control and keeping control. If he was interested in saving your life, there is no way known he would have knowingly locked down schools, turned around and said, no, you're not an essential employee, you're not an essential employee. He would not have closed gyms, he would not have closed schools, he would not have closed playgrounds, he would not have stopped, you know, kept people inside for 23 hours a day. And, And this all for saving lives and... Let's also remember, if he's so intent on saving lives, why did he pass a, um, a voluntary assisted dying bill? Why do we have state-sponsored suicide in this, you know, in here? Why is it? And also, why 
uh, you know, why does the state allow abortions up to, you know, late term or just before birth or whenever it is? Why does it allow that if we're trying to save lives? So, you know, let's cut through the, the, the BS that he, that he says. He's just doing this to get people feeling warm and fuzzy and to, you know, hoodwink people into uh, thinking that he does give a whoop to you about him when he doesn't. Uh, as I've said, it's all about control. Started with the control where he turned around and said he's going to, you know, where the punishment was. People were going out and having a drink, so nope, you can have a coffee outside, but you can't con- you can't consume an alcoholic beverage outside. He, you know, it was all about control when he had his enforcement arm, Victoria Police, going around and checking people's coffee cups to see if there was coffee in the coffee cup because they weren't wearing a face diaper. That was not about keeping people safe. That was not about saving lives. That was about control. And we all need to remember that in November. And we need to remember that Matthew Guy sat silently by and did nothing while all this was going on. And he just remained silent. Instead of getting out there every day and opposing those measures, he just remained silent. So he's just as complicit as what as what Daniel Andrews is. Um, so let's remember that. Uh, so anyway, uh, I think I'll, I'll get off my little soapbox there. But also let's remember too is that his big thing is of donut days because he wanted zero cases. Um, having a look at the stats today, so they are updated last Friday. They're going to be updated again. Um Updated the 14th, so that is data from the 7th to the 13th of October. So it's likely to be updated tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow will need to be updated Friday, 21st of October. So that weekly data, 6,594 active cases. So, you know, 6,000 people have the Wu flu now, and he said the pandemic's over, yet he was pushing us into lockdown because of one or two cases. What's the difference now? We've seen that, you know what, the, the jabs don't save people. The jabs don't stop you getting it. The jabs don't, you know, don't stop you transmitting it. And yet we're not doing anything to push back against this individual. So, you know what, I hope it is a silent majority that come November just vote the uni party out. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things that we need to wake up and we need to understand that they're not there because, you know, they did not do what they did because they care about us. They did not do what they did to save our lives. They did what they did for control. They want to know how far they can push us and and what we will accept. And we've shown them that we will accept everything. We will accept being locked up. For 23 hours a day in our homes, we will accept the police helicopter flying over, flying patrols over every night to make sure that there aren't, you know, more than a designated number of people visiting the house. And, you know, that's that's the stuff of dictatorships. That is not the stuff of a supposed free and democratic society. Um, but yeah, anyway. <sighs> Soapbox, get off the soapbox on that one. Um, I think I might end it here, folks. Uh, as always, uh, you can email me, Cameron at the fifth 
www.sdhr.estate. Any questions, queries, concerns, or anything like that, you want to tell me that I'm wrong about something, tell me I'm right about something, you know, call me out on something, or even ask me a question. That's the address to do it at, the email address to do it at. Um, or you can follow the contact page that is located on the Fifth Estate. So that is T H E F I F T H dot estate. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, and I look forward to having you join me on the next one. So until then, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.